0: That's the beauty of what I've discovered in all of my travels is that people are very, very similar at the bottom line. We all want to be loved. We all want to have purpose in our lives. We want to know that what we're doing is valuable to the people around us. We want to be understood. We want to be heard. And these are things that are common in France as they are in Texas. They're common in Peru as they are in Los Angeles. But the way we go about them is colorful in different ways. I love exploring that.
1: Welcome to Beyond the Dollar, a podcast where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being.
2: I'm Sarah Lee Kane, founder of High Fiving Dollars.
1: And I'm Garrett Philbin, the founder of Be Awesome Not Broke. As money coaches, we want to give you a space to explore your relationship with money, the guilt, stress, exhilaration, and fear. No topic is taboo.
2: In this episode, we chat with Dale Thomas Vaughn, Marketing Director at Airtrex, a company that helps travelers arrange multi-destination itineraries. We talk about how he's made travel a priority and part of his lifestyle, and Dale shares some incredible stories of how he found himself in Paris, London, and more. We also talk about what is possible when we decide to say yes to opportunities, and how travel is really a tool for making the world a better place.
1: To find resources we shared in this episode, head over to www.beyondthedollar.co.
2: Get ready, grab a seat, and let's go beyond the dollar.
1: Welcome, Dale, to Beyond the Dollar.
0: I'm so excited
1: to be here. We are so excited to have you, aren't we, Sarah?
2: I am super duper excited. I sound sarcastic right now. I apologize. I really am excited.
1: I love this show. I love this show. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm really excited to have you on, Dale. We've known each other for a few years. We actually met at a men's retreat in Bermuda. Yeah?
0: Bermuda. It was beautiful.
1: It was. It was like, I want to go to there. Kind of yeah. like that Liz Lemon meme. Yeah. I I want to go back. And it's fun that we met while traveling, right, at a destination. And that's what I want to chat with you about today. Because when I met you, you had these stories of traveling the Camino de Santiago. It sounded like you were just living this life where you were able to integrate travel, whether long-term travel, short-term travel, just as a way of being and living. That was really inspiring. And it was really cool to hear. So I wanted to bring you on and be able to just have a conversation around that to be able to provide both some inspiration and practical advice for the Beyond the Dollar listeners who are interested and want to have more travel and that freedom in their lives.
0: Thank you. Um, I'll do my best to help people get out the door.
1: When did you decide that travel was one of your top priorities or part of your core values?
0: I think my parents instilled it really early they didn't have a lot of money but they did a really good job of throwing us in the van and taking off on long weekends so we were always somewhere new that taught me how to adapt and learn and experience new things and I got hungry and I I learned how fun it is to get out of your your comfort zone and as an adult really when I was about 19 in college I had a professor um friend of mine, I guess, an advisor who challenged me to leave the country. I'd never been outside of the States and I wanted to do something big. And she said, why don't you go somewhere? And I said, where should I go? And she said, well, how about Paris? And I said, okay. And a few months later, I was living in Paris. So at that point in my life, I recognized just how different Every culture is, and this is true from microculture or microculture, but when you get in a big shift like from Dallas, Texas to Paris, France, boy, it, I felt like an alien.
1: Texas to France is, is quite a shift there, my yeah.
0: <laughs> But so similar in so many ways. That's the beauty of what I've discovered in all of my travels is that people are very, very similar at the bottom line we all want to be loved, we all want to have purpose in our lives, we want to know that what we're doing is valuable to the people around us. We want to be understood, we want to be heard. And these are things that are common in France as they are in Texas. They're common in Peru as they are in Los Angeles. They're, they're common. But the way we go about them is uh, colorful in different ways. I love exploring that.
1: I love that you just said yes. And I think that's where I see people getting hung up and where I've gotten hung up in my own life, too, is when you have someone give you an opportunity like that to say, well, then just go do it uh, of actually saying yes rather than having reasons as to why not. And and so I'm curious how you were able to say yes and, and Were there things that came up for you, reasons as to why you couldn't or shouldn't? And if so, how you were able to manage those just to be able to take a leap of faith and do something you'd never done before?
0: I think the excuses we give for the fears we have are poisonous. So for me, an excuse to not go abroad would have been, I don't have a passport I don't know the language. I've never been outside of the States away from my family that long. These are all excuses that made me reconcile with my own fear and frustrations. But as soon as I said, yes, it's like, oh, now I can see my fear. Now I can deal with it. Now I can work with it. So instead of having all this, I think excuses are sort of like debt to your fears. I just addressed it and I started paying it down and working on it. And for me, as soon as I said yes to going, it was like, well, I better learn French. So I enrolled in French classes. It's like all the other problems just started solving themselves once I said yes, the commitment, the, the moving forward. There's this great story about a guy who, who is called the blind traveler. And he was in the early 1800s. He was an English guy. He was a, uh, formerly in the Navy, but he went blind midlife. And he decided that he would start walking the earth. And he was the first blind person to circumnavigate the earth in like 1812 or something like that. And he just kept going. And this guy, um, he said this great quote, and it lives with me to this day. I see the world best with my feet. For me, getting out and seeing the world with your feet, walking the earth, being out there in the world It allows me to see my own self better, to see my own fears and frustrations in in their place and work on them. So saying yes is absolutely the beginning. And then the excuses every time I see them are just another thing I can work at getting rid of.
2: That kind of brings up a point. When people talk about travel, there's almost this myth where they feel like I have to travel across the world or I have to leave my country or have to leave my state in order to get all of these really life-changing experiences and I'm wondering what's what are your thoughts on that is that a myth and why
0: every place I've ever lived the people who live in that place think they need to travel somewhere else in order to feel new or renewed and of course travel does expose us to completely new cultures and conversations but I believe that you can find those in every town you live in so Paris is this huge destination so many people go there And while I was living there, I lived there about six months, about two months into it, I started to recognize that I was getting jaded. You know, I was starting to get cold. So it was wintertime and I was starting to just get a little bored. And I had this conversation with a friend who had never been out of the country. And she said, God, I'd love to go to Paris. And I recognized right there, like, I'm missing out on this city I live in. Right now I live in Pittsburgh and I decided I'm going to, experience pittsburgh as much as i can every single day so i joined a rowing club i'm rowing around in the rivers seeing the bridges from underneath i'm starting aikido tomorrow to meet different people different places of the city i'm going to a pirates game tonight it's just like why not experience the place around you brand new it's a mentality shift really
1: there's that quote of the way you do one thing is the way you do everything and so in that sense um I think that that's so important to say, if you aren't doing it where you are, then you most likely won't do it where you aren't. So in that sense of if you think that you need to go travel to some faraway destination to start experiencing or have some fulfillment and say travel can fulfill this for me because I'm missing XYZ or I want XYZ, I think that you are really missing out on an opportunity to do that closer to home. And honestly, I felt this recently where I wanted to move to Denver. And I kept saying I wanted to move to Denver after moving out of New York City. And yet I then had that story I wanted to move to Denver, but wasn't integrating myself in San Luis Obispo, which is where I was staying in the meantime and now still am. And so I wasn't experiencing San Luis Obispo, and I wasn't yet in Denver. And so I said, oh, once I get to Denver, I'll be doing all these things. And yet that kept me from doing what I wanted to do in Denver, in San Luis. And so I felt like I had no home. I wasn't fulfilled. And then I just started being and getting integrated and living here in San Luis Obispo and realized I really enjoyed it. And that I can continue in, to enjoy it for as long as I do. And then when I don't, I can figure it out. But just that thought, I think it was pretty insidious of, you know, I need to move to another place to make X, Y, and Z happen, rather than seeing that it is all possible here and that if I don't start doing it here, then I won't just magically start to do it because I move to another place.
0: Yeah, you're totally right. I think you can get trapped by thinking that you have to go somewhere in order to be your best self. Uh, At the same time, I don't want to disqualify how valuable traveling can be to get yourself out of your frame for a moment. And sometimes that's all you need in order to come back home and be fully present at home. So for me, there's separation of the two. Like I, I want to come at life from a learning mentality. That's the priority for me. And if travel is the right thing for me to go and get into that learning mentality in a deeper way, then I absolutely want to travel. But if it's more like take a class or um, do something completely new, join a club, I don't know, then I want to do that. It's, It's prioritizing learning for me. And then travel is just this bundle of potential learning. There's just so much there.
1: I hear that travel is important to you, but travel is almost just a way of fulfilling an even deeper value of learning and exploration that you have.
0: Yes. However, I am my best self when I am traveling. I have noticed that. I just i am taking more in and more present. And there's some science behind this now. We've got research from Harvard that shows um, the more present you are versus your mind wandering or your daydreaming the more present you are the more happy you are the more daydreaming you are the less happy you are so there's a and this a better predictor of happiness than any activity so the measure of happiness that we have could be measure of presence and when traveling you're forced i am forced to be present 100% you know present for new things around you to looking the right or left based on the country and when crossing the road <laughs> to understanding signs around you and trying to have communication with people who who speak and think and act completely differently than you but have the same basic functions. So it is about learning. It is about presence, but for me the act of traveling is the for me the deepest forge of presence and learning.
2: That really makes sense. I as you're as you're saying all that I keep remembering the time when I burst into tears at the post office in China, because I couldn't figure out the right line to be in. And then I forced myself to read Chinese, I forced myself to write Chinese and speak Chinese. And it was so interesting how opportunities opened up to be even more present. I started having conversations with taxi drivers, and it was so much fun to be stuck in traffic. It sounds so weird. But it was so much fun to be stuck in traffic, because these taxi drivers would then realize, oh my gosh, I can speak to in Chinese. And then we would have the most wonderful conversations. And you're right, it brings up this, it reinforces this notion of everybody just is chasing happiness, want to be heard. And I remember this one taxi driver, I talked to him for two hours because he, he admitted he was bored, no one talks to him. And so I gave him that voice and it
0: was awesome. I learned to speak French from a homeless woman on a train in Paris. So the people around us are beautiful resources for conversation and depth. And I think we overlook them when we're comfortable.
2: I also, for me, teaches me to be a lot more compassionate to myself and the people around me. And so this is a story I've written about is I remember I had a nanny when my son was just first born. I was still working full time. And I had learned that she had three kids in her hometown. This was a 24-hour train ride and so she, it was weird that she was taking care of my kid but then somebody else was taking care of hers and so it led me this like really like almost black hole of research on on the migrant population in China and how most parents are separated from their children by choice because of the way that they need to make a living and so it taught me to be like so grateful for what I have the fact that I'm in the same town as my son <laughs> and and just to be able to connect with another human being and understand where she's coming from.
0: Yeah. All that depth feels like it's hard to find that depth sometimes when we get caught up in our traditional cycles, the, the everyday back and forth stuff. Once you jump out of that, even for a week, come back in, it, it's like you see it all freshly, you know, and then there's an opportunity to be deeper, have more compassion, experience the world around you, have more grateful, Sort of relationships with people around you. So I think travel is a really great opener to that presence. For me, I have to have it in my life. There has to be a rhythm of travel in my life, or else I feel, I I know that I get claustrophobic otherwise. After I got back from Paris, I was still a student and I was like, wow, I'm now seeing my college experience, all the people around me, my culture, Texas itself, all completely differently. And after college, I I realized I have to have an entry-level job. So I'm going to get an entry-level job somewhere different than, you know, where everyone else is going to be. I want to, if I have to work a crappy job, it might as well be somewhere interesting. (laughs) So I picked London. I'd never been there before. And I said, I'm leaving on, and I had a six-month window. I'm leaving on November 10th. And at that point, I just kicked into overdrive. And for me, since that day, it's been that really showed me if I have a goal of travel, I will work happily. I will work two or three jobs happily. (laughs) I will go through so much change and structural integration of my life in order to make that goal happen. That just having a travel goal on the calendar, even if it's in the distance, is so beneficial for my life that I cannot go without one.
1: So you've been willing to then kind of sacrifice stability in a sense, or uh, more of a consistency perhaps to then, because with the London trip, I remember you mentioning something around like telling the job that you were in beforehand, that you were going to quit within. And I love that part that you were going (laughs) to quit within six months anyway, and they still hired you. You know, I think people have that idea that, you know, I need to be in a job and then I have the two weeks and I'm going to do it then. And, you know, how could I be honest and tell them upfront if I'm not going to be with them and just how you were able to stand in that power of just like, I'm going, do you want to hire me regardless? I'd love to hear more about that.
0: I think when you're serious about something you want to do with your life and it feels like purpose to you, like it's really deeply important to you. And you tell people around yourself about it, they want to help you. There's a deep, innate desire to help people live fulfilled lives. And if you can hire somebody for six months and it'll help them live a fulfilled life, you're going to do that, of course. So it was easy. It was way easier. Those are the easiest times I've ever gotten paid was when I knew for sure what I wanted to do with the money.
2: We talked about in a previous episode about how humans are hardwired to give, like it's in our nature, and you've just basically proven that point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've always worked two or three jobs. I've always sacrificed, quote, stability. But in my mind, it always created stability. You know, I have, I'm one of those high idea generators. I generate 10 ideas a day at least, so for me to have one idea that I'm focused on provides stability for my life and direction for my life. So tr- travel is a rhythm for me. I do get into this space of if I don't travel every, really every few months somewhere interesting, I lose interest and I, I get foggy and I get, uh, I get spread out too thin. But when I know what I want to do next, it helps me budget. It helps me plan. It helps me sort of move forward and then I stop the daydreaming the daydreaming the mind wandering we know that that leads to unhappiness so if I'm focused I know where I'm going and I'm planning I'm present with everything I do so I actually have a list I have like a for the next 10 years I have a list that I it's my learning spreadsheet and this learning spreadsheet has all it's like probably 60 things I want to learn everything from like I want to get a PhD in the field I'm in, or I want to learn this language, or I want to learn how to tango, or I want, you know, these different things. Um, And on the list, I've gone through and I've made a few columns. One of the columns is what's the best place on the planet for me to learn this skill? So let's say you wanted to learn how to brew beer. What's the best place in the world for you to do that? And if you think clearly, you go, okay, I have to be in Belgium or Germany, maybe. Czech Republic. And then you have a list. These are the three places I need to figure out how to get myself to.
2: <laughs> that is fucking awesome. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: I I have never thought of it that. That is so freaking cool. All right, listeners out there, if you're afraid of spreadsheets, this is a way not to be afraid of them anymore. <laughs> oh, it's, so fun.
0: it's so fun. And you can group them together. So you might find that for me, Edinburgh, Scotland is one of my places I want to go live, and there's a few things that sort of bundle really neatly together in that in Edinburgh. Um, what You guys will like this. There's another couple of columns in this spreadsheet that I think make it really workable. One is, what's the investment it's going to take for me to get there? And you start to do some budgeting and figure out what's the, the travel cost, the living cost, and stuff like that. Then there's another column that says revenue generated. What's the possibility of revenue being generated from me doing this? And then third column is what's the intrinsic value to me? And anything in your life that you find you've described as intrinsically worth a million bucks, you better make that top priority in your life. So for me, that helped me realize, okay, I want to learn how to um, make hats. I want to be a haberdasher, but I can't. I I can't put a real high intrinsic value on that for myself. It's pretty low. It's still something I want to learn, but I can bundle it with something that's more intrinsically valuable for me.
1: There are different ways then that when you see, like, for example, how much it's going to cost as an investment. If you then see that it has a high intrinsic value for you, you can then determine, okay, either I'm going to do it anyway and it's worth that investment, or how can I get creative about finding the money or doing travel hacking to get points and miles to get you there. And that's then the motivator to really just make it happen is if you're connected again to that underlying, like, why is this important to me? And that can help you overcome those objections that might come up.
0: Exactly. All those objections are, you can handle them once you say yes to something. And so all that you really have to worry about are the barriers between you and yes. And so for me, The barriers are not money. Money is a logistic that comes after I say yes. So I have to make sure the decision-making before yes are the barriers I deal with. After that, money, time, whatever. And I know that I can work on those tools. I've got this great podcast I can listen to to learn great skills. Yeah, you can. (laughs) So the beginning stuff is all me stuff. What What's holding me back from saying yes? And there might be legitimate stuff on there. There might be health stuff. There might be family stuff. There, there's stuff that is real. But if I have those in order and start to look at them, I can then plot them out in my life and say, well, I'm taking care of my parents or I'm taking care of my child until this age. That lets me know that I can travel only to these places. So it. But if you work out what are the pieces holding me back from yes that's a that's a deep life experience stuff
1: you keep going back to the power of just committing (laughs) and it's so true i experienced that when i did a 10 state seven week road trip a couple years ago Mm where went through that process, and I now want to make that spreadsheet so badly, so I'm gonna do Mm -hmm. that as soon as we're off recording. (laughs) But I I got clear that getting out of New York City for a bit was really important for my mental health to just get out and explore. And there were objections that came up. How am I gonna do this logistically? How's I gonna work with taking clients on the road? And all these things came up, and yet that moment when I said yes, I'm just going to do it and who knows what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. I think three days after that, I talked to a friend who, long story short, said, yes, you can borrow my car for the whole time and just bring it back. And that was one of the biggest things for me. And it's like, oh, well, now with that taken care of, okay, what next? And just when you... Yeah. As soon as you make that commitment, like that's when the journey starts. And that's when you give yourself permission to get creative. And like you said, as long as you're tied into what's important to you and those intrinsic values, like you can get creative as hell and surprise yourself. I surprised myself just how much I'm able to do when I just say yes.
0: I remember I saw you right around then, right before then and right after then we saw each other. And one time it was in New York and we were on a rooftop bar that we had searched really hard to find a rooftop bar. Cause I was like, it's a beautiful day in Manhattan. How many of those are there that we can sit outside and have a beer? So we found a rooftop bar. We're sitting there having a beer. And I remember you saying something like, I, I am ready for something different. This is like, I feel like I've gotten as much out of this as I can. And now I'm just struggling. And I remember the conversation went along the lines of what do you like, what do you really care about what really matters to you and it was this i could see it in your face like you're gonna get the hell out of new york you're gone you're gone you're gonna be gone so quickly and i remember that right after that we had a conversation and you're you're like yep i'm out i'm leaving new york and this experience of you uh i feel i felt like i was reintroduced to you like you were a different person at the point where you said yes like now i'm ready to go it was a beautiful thing
2: I feel like you two want to like give each other hug across the screen.
1: There's no time when I don't want to wrap my scrawny man arms around Dale Thomas Vaughn. (laughs) Do I need to
2: leave you two alone? (laughs) No,
1: No, you can just sit here and witness the beauty and the glory. That'll be this friendship. But there are two really important things there. I think having a person who is going to even ask and be in those conversations like, hey, what's going on? This sounds really important to you and draw out. Right, what it is that I wanted and help support me in that commitment. So having those kinds of people around you is insanely important to because it's it's hard coming to that conclusion a lot of times on on your own.
0: Yeah, it's hard to be alone in that. And I think sometimes having somebody in the friend coach role is helpful, but also the role model role is helpful. So this person has escaped New York maybe I could do it too. Or this person has traveled around the world, maybe I can do it too. And it, it breaks down the impossibility. There's this, this, the first barrier I think to saying yes to anything, but especially to travel is, oh, it's impossible. And once the impossibility fallacy is broken, it's then, it's possible. So then what's holding me back? And you have to start addressing cognitive dissonance. If I want to be the best me I can be, I don't want to hold myself back from experiencing this stuff I want to experience in life.
1: So for people who find themselves in more traditional jobs and say, how am I going to make this? How am I going to integrate this? How can I, you know, Dale, you've worked two to three jobs. You work for yourself. Like you have this freedom and flexibility um, f- for those people. Is it just uh, getting them to understand what is truly most important? And then, they will make life decisions that will allow maybe more travel as possible?
0: There are so many systems now to help people take their desk around the world with them. Um, there are work and travel companies where you can literally do the same job you have now, but do it from your laptop living in Colombia or Buenos Aires or wherever you want to live. So we at I, I have a desk job, a nine-to-five job. I'm the marketing director at Airtrex. We're a travel company. And so that's a good fit for me, right? Uh, We're 100% (laughs) virtual. So there are other companies like us that are 100% virtual that you can work with. There's also sabbaticals that are totally available to you. Most people don't know that their companies allow sabbaticals. Have you ever asked? Once you decided, yes, I wanted to, you ask. Like, I want to (laughs) go spend a month learning to tango and learn Spanish in Buenos Aires, okay, talk to your manager, ask, a, ask the question, could I work from abroad for a month? Is that possible? Or could I take a month off and come back unpaid, fine? And then you would work out the details. I think it's lying to yourself, believing it's impossible that holds us back. When you say, okay, it's possible. Just pretend for a minute it's possible. I'm going to do it. What are the ways I would fix this? Let your brain do the problem solving. You've got this great unconscious mind doing 90% of your calculations without you controlling it. It just needs you to get out of the way. So if you're a nine to fiver, it is possible. You can do it either while still working, while on sabbatical, or you can take a, a career break. Career breaking is, I think, sometimes very refreshing. It can often say to you, what is this job? The job that I want forever? Is this? is it time for me to make a move maybe i want to go back to school maybe i want to open up something other business but you don't get that space unless you you unless you take it unless you say yes i want it
2: no that's awesome and just to add to that i was a teacher for almost 10 years and i traveled around the world with my profession so i was working technically 9 to 5 in person so i couldn't do it virtually you can't really teach kids from your you know bedroom <laughs> but i was able Could to go you? Maybe in the future, but if you had a kid strangling another kid, it might be a little bit difficult. Not, not saying in, I've ever not in
1: that conventional sense of uh, what you were doing, but yeah, I mean, courses in some. Yeah, so so,
2: so depending yeah. on I, yeah, so if I i te- I was teaching um, grade one children, so so I was still I was it you know, I was a quote unquote desk job. I was in person at the school, but I traveled to all these different countries because I had that skill set that people wanted in internationally, right? Um, there are people that I know that transferred, they, they worked for large corporations, so they had headquarters all over the world. And so they just asked, can I transfer to France? Can I transfer to China? And so they were able to negotiate something like that. So so if, if you're thinking, oh man, my job cannot be transferred to like a, vir- like a virtual type job, there are plenty of desk jobs that you can do around the world.
0: I think you just hit on something really important, which is the whole world is open to people who ask for it. It's so fundamental, but if you don't ask for what you want, which provided you have to be clear about what you want, that is often the hard part. But if you don't ask, if you don't have the courage to ask, then you never get to see whether it's really possible. And so often, as we said before, people want to help you. People want you to experience the best life you can experience because it's fulfilling them. It allows me to believe that I could live the most fulfilling life I could live if you're doing it. And if I'm helping you, somebody's going to help me. It gives me hope. It's This is how humanity holds together and maybe does something beautiful. It's when we ask each other for help, we say, this is what I want. Can, can we find a way to do it?
1: And you have to feel like you're deserving of it too. You brought that point up where that you believe that you have the power to live a life that you actually feel will fulfill you and that that's something that you believe is possible. I think that is something that holds a lot of people back and saying, I can't do this or how could I make it work because I'm not special or how could I be able to do it?
0: So what a beautiful gift. Whenever you ask for help from a person, that person then gets the hint that maybe they deserve help too. So you allowing yourself to ask for help, maybe you don't even receive it, but you give something in the exchange. How beautiful is that?
2: That's so freaking cool. That reminds me of a story. (laughs) Story time. Um, So I've always wanted to be a teacher. That was always in my DNA since I was a little kid, but... Uh, when I was in high school, I had a physics teacher who was like, I got into teaching. So I specifically could take the skill to travel the world. And she made this big announcement that she was quitting and going to Spain. And that was such a light bulb moment for me. I was like, oh, my God, I can I can do that. I can quit and go to Europe which was what I wanted to do at the time. I can do it because she is showing me that this is possible. And I remember thanking her. This was, I think, 10 years later. I bumped into her very end when I thanked her. I said, you know what? You showed me that I could travel around the world. Like I taught in Australia, South Korea, Hong Kong, like China, like I, you know, a little bit in the US and Canada. I'm like, I taught in all these places because somebody showed me, like you basically showed me what was possible. And it was, it started from her, um, asking, actually, she asked colleagues where she could travel with her teaching career.
0: Isn't that awesome? So I'll, I'll tell you one other fun story about asking. I was moving to London. I spent a week in New York. I'd never been to New York before. That was pretty mind-blowing all well, as well. And while I was in, staying in midtown Manhattan in a hostel that was overrun by mice, I decided to not sleep and go out into the world. I went to a little Irish pub somewhere around 50th and I sat down and this guy speaking in a clearly British accent saddled up next to me at the bar. And so I said, Hey, are you from London? (laughs) I hope you did it in the accent. You're like, are you from London? (laughs) I did it in (laughs) Texas. And And he was like, yes, I am. I'm from London. And I said, I'm moving there. So proud and sure of myself. I'm moving there tomorrow. And he said, oh, that's great. I uh, have, I'm moving. I live in London. I'm flying back tomorrow as well. He said, what are you going to do when you get there? And I said, well, I'm doing an internship that's unpaid. But otherwise, I don't know. (laughs) And He said, can you pull beer out of a tap? I said, sure. I've been a bartender before. No problem. And right then and there, he offered me a job the next day. So I literally landed at, in Heathrow, got on the train into the central, central London, threw my bags in my friend's flat who I was staying with, and then went to my first gig. I got paid before I took a nap in London just because I asked, hey, are you from London? I'm going to be moving there. So that, like, people want to help you if you just offer the opportunity.
1: And it all started with you saying, you know, yes in the beginning to the opportunity of travel. Mm-hmm. Right? That when that te- I think it was teacher all the way back with the idea of yeah. Paris. Yeah. It's just like that then creates a you who then just starts saying yes and figuring it out. And then that's how you found yourself in a hostel, just like, hey, do I want to sleep here and ride a mouse around for the rest of the night? <laughs> or do I want to like get out into the road? Okay, like let's just get out there and explore and put, it's just this continuing to put yourself in a position and in a place where you can allow opportunities to happen and where you can allow yourself to say yes to things.
0: Yes. And there there are all these systems that are set up that other people have built, that expats before you have built that travelers long past have built that allow you to lean on to get moving so you saying yes it really is the hardest part but then there's this it kind of opens up all these possibilities like for instance i work at this travel company air and we do round the world travel the most complicated trips in the world if you wanted to see all 196 countries in the world we're the company you would call to schedule all the flights we're that sort of off. we're the company that google calls when they have flights that are too complicated. Like that's <laughs> how complicated it is.
1: I hear like, that Google's pretty smart. So that's kind of like just blowing my mind right now. <laughs> right.
0: So, so we have this, this great complicated structure. You know, we deal with all these incredible flights, but we have simplified that process and we've made it so easy. That you go, we have an official planning timeline that gives you a year's out if you want it exactly what to go through and do, how to budget, what to plan for, what to look for. We have an app that you go in and you can schedule out and get quotes and kind of plan out your trip and get a good idea of your budget. We have built all this infrastructure for the most complicated trips there are to be easy. So there's just nothing you can throw at the world of travel that isn't solvable in an easy way. My point in all of that is there's all these systems for you set up as soon as you're ready to go.
1: Yeah, and that being a more technical one, right, of the how of it, but you also work at Boots & All.
0: So Airtrex and Boots and & All are our sister companies. so I'm also the editor of Boots & All, so I get to do all this great content and interact with really cool people who are talking about travel, and uh, we have contributors from all around the world who have these incredible experiences, these deep, independent, Beautiful experiences traveling.
1: And I think that's, I highlight that because, you know, one being technical of the how and then boots and all being more the community aspect, which is really important as well as being around other people who understand the possibility of what can be in that world Mm -hmm. to provide inspiration, to provide support and guidance. And then also the just like, yeah, there are insanely complex systems and companies that have sprouted up that are like, no problem is too big. If you are willing to say yes. We can make it happen.
0: Right. Airtrex has been around for 30 years. I mean, we've been doing this for a long time. And the fact that um, Boots and All as well has been one of the largest travel blogs basically since the beginning of the internet. It was the first travel blog on the internet. There's so many stories. There's so much resource there. And to your point, people who come in and say, I want community because that's going to help me get over my own baggage before yes. Once I say yes, and I have a pretty good idea of what I want to do, then I move over to Airtrex and I have all this planning material that's there for me, set up and ready to go. So you can find so many people willing to help you with a hand. To me, at the bottom of travel is world peace. Like I believe the biggest problem we have is xenophobia. If we could get over our fear of otherness in general, this is fear of others within our own culture and genders with their own cultures and sexuality with their own within race, of course, within borders and national nationalisms and stuff. If we could get over our fear of otherness as a species, we could maybe come together and do something beautiful, save the planet actually exist past the next 50 years, that kind of thing. Um, But the biggest the tools, I believe, that could overcome xenophobia, one is travel, and two are things like social justice, which I've been an activist in in a long time, trying to get gender equality going. Um, but travel is this beautiful tool for that. So at the bottom of travel for me is personal transformation so that I can be a better citizen of the world.
2: Dale, that, that was beautiful, I think the underlying message that I'm getting and and I'm hoping our listeners get is two things. Um, One, figure out what it is that's going to stop you from saying yes, and then all of the other things will fall into place. And number two, if you are scared, if you're really hesitant, maybe instead of asking yourself like, what's going to prevent me from living out my priorities is what if none of these existed, what can I do?
1: Dale. Thank you so much for coming on. You know, as Sarah pointed out, I always want to hug you whenever you're around or even when you're not around and just being able to hear your story and your experience shared what has worked for you and what you've learned and how you've been able to tap into just what truly motivates you to make this life that you've created happen and make travel such an important part of your life. It was insightful for me and it's just always a pleasure to be able to chat with you.
0: You are beautiful souls. I'm so glad that you're doing this show. It feels like you're helping so many people get out of their confining boxes and do something big with their lives. And often it starts with those fundamentals. So I'm, I'm honored to be here. Hopefully it helps somebody live a, a new kind of experience.
2: So where can our listeners find you, Dale?
0: So you can come over to airtreks.com and you'll see that there's tons of great planning stuff there that can, I think, get you started if you really want to. Uh, you can get a price quote immediately and there's no strings attached to that. So you can kind of play around with our app. You can pick around the world concepts. We've built a work and travel concept for you. So if you really want to take your, your work with you, you can go to Airtrex.com. That's the best place to find me. And I'm happy to field any... Uh, messages, phone calls, thoughts, conversations. I'm Dale at at Airtrex.com.
1: Awesome. Thanks for making yourself available because I know I'm going to take advantage of that. And I really (laughs) hope that (laughs) our listeners (laughs) do too, because I know how genuine that is, right? I truly, having known you for a little while, like he means it. So go take advantage of that.
0: Yeah. And if you would like, I can share a couple of the tools I mentioned, like the learning spreadsheet and the trip planning timeline. I think I mentioned those So I can share those with you that that might help people.
2: That'd be awesome. And those will be in our show notes, guys. Cool.
1: Thanks again, Dale.
2: Hey, everyone. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Dollar. And as always, we have a wrap-up question for you. And it is, what's one small thing you can do now to make your travel goals a priority? Feel free to DM us on Instagram at beyondthedollar or tweet us at beyonddollarpod.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Dollar. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. And if you can think of one awesome human who would connect with what we talked about today, we'd love you forever if you shared this episode with them. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Beyond the Dollar.